Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. Trust me, we are unrehearsed. And uh, you can always get involved in the show if you've got any questions or comments by calling 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. I'm Tom Neubauer. He's Danny Bush. A special guest in the studio is Dan Johnson from Dan Johnson Taxidermy. So, folks, if you got any taxidermy questions, like what do you do if you catch that big one, you shoot a really nice animal, whatever, and you want to have it mounted, he's the guy to ask the questions to, 799-1250. Danny? And you you said now your son... Nick is he the one that might yeah, want Dan to make a rug or well, something he's, for him? He's got a, a bear tag and he's crossing his bridge before it's hatched. Okay, yeah. took twelve years to get it, probably, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah right. It took him a while. Yeah, yeah it took a while. Hey, yeah. let me ask you, Dan. Uh, what are the options on a black bear now? What what are yeah? What uh, do you think? You get the you get the head mount. Okay, uh, you know, like a shoulder, and you get the half bear mounts, and then you get the life size and and rugs and rugs. Yeah. Okay, but you have a better a good place to put that rug because, yeah. Well, what do most? What's most popular? What What do most people get? <clears throat> well, because of space, more people are choosing for the half bear. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's it hangs on the wall like a deer head, and you know it can come out of the wall and you know be walking out on a rock or a log or something like that. Do some people want them looking ferocious, like they're no, snarling, you know, or is that kind of old I, I school? I try talking people out of that because that's typically not a. A black bear. You know? Yeah, you don't they're normally not, see them snarling no, on the not, side of the road. No, they're not uh, like super aggressive like you'd want to see the mouth on a brown bear or something like right, that. Right, right. Uh, no, they just kind of look comical if you pack their mouths open and <laughs> gnarling or whatever. Right, right. So, well, I guess I, I like the idea of maybe it coming out on a log or something like that. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't take up the space, you know. Well, I've got, yeah. a, I've got a rug that I got in 1988. And the thing is, you you really don't put it on the floor as a rug. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so you got this thing once, and you get it, and you go, oh, this looks really nice. And you got it on the floor, and you go, 
well, I don't want people walking on right, it. Right, exactly. So now where are you going to put it? <laughs> mine's on, mine's you, in the back of a couch. you got to have a big enough wall if you put it on a so, wall. So you put it on a wall, and now you look at the craze of getting prints and pictures. That's all that can, it's got to be there for its lifetime because where else are you going to put it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unless you, you want to keep moving it around or whatever, but yeah. you're kind of limited with the rugs. Yeah. I tell people if you get a small rug or a small bear, do a rug. Okay. You know, because then you can put it on a wall or put it somewhere it over something. If you get a real big one, you know, maybe you want to do a life size or a half bear. Right. You know, but if you do a rug, it's, it's you know, like you said, this guy, you got to be in a floor or rolled up in a box. Yeah. You know, you know, well, he's going to be calling your shop for prices. Yeah, I, uh, that's what he's going to no, do. I shot my bear. I got a rug. And twice it scared the crap out of people. The first time when I was living in Madison, I had a roommate that used to like to drink too much. And he came home at three in the morning after bar time. And I somehow had just draped it over the couch when I walked in the door. Yeah. I was just moving in at the time. And the head was just kind of hanging, pointed right by towards the door. And he came stumbling in and opened the door and saw that head and about had a heart attack. The other time was when I was at a small school I was teaching at. And uh, what did I do? I left it in... I left it in the, I think it was the social worker's office, uh-huh. and I draped it over the, I draped it over a chair facing her door, so when she'd open it, without the light yeah, on, right. you know, it's dark. There was a blood curdling scream that came from the <laughs> office, and then the principal said to me, he laughed, but he says, uh, "You better not do that yeah. anymore." Well, I got, uh, I, I got uh, startled. Let's say, I went to this one. This is many years ago. I went to this one taxidermist's house, and his house. His taxidermy stuff was downstairs. So I go downstairs, and his taxidermy stuff was to the left, his shop-like. And to the right was like a, like a little, I don't know, den, you know, and then it had patio doors. But when I, when I got to the bottom of the steps, I looked to my right, and there was this big wolf turning and looking at me. Now, he had set it up so that it was sit by the... Uh, what do you call it, by the patio doors, but its head would be turned looking at whoever came down the stairs. So you think it's like real Mm -hmm. that it's just turning looking at you. Oh, my goodness. My heart skipped a beat there for a second because it was like, whoa. It looks so real. You could really mess with people if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could mount a few (laughs) snarling Dobermans and stuff and set them up. That would be cool. That would be funny. Maybe maybe a guy could use something like that as a uh, burglar deterrent, set it up looking out the window. Of course, then they might figure out, you know, I've, that big wolf has been standing, or big dog's been standing there for three weeks now and it has, hasn't moved. Hasn't yeah. moved. Hey, uh, Mr. Johnson, I'm, I'm well. From now on, I'm going to call Danny. I'm going to call him Bushy, and you Dan. So okay. then you guys will know who I'm talking to. He'll screw it up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and 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 It'll be and, a long two and our, hours. And our our producer trainee. Mr. Plucker, I'm just calling you That's Plucker. Correct. I'm calling you Plucker because his first name's Dan also. So we yeah, got we three Dan's in the studio today. Yeah. yeah, so I'm calling him Plucker. Bushy, Dan, and Plucker. Okay, let me ask you this. Your middle name's not Chicken, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, right away. You're with the wrong uh, I mean. You're with the wrong group <laughs> here. I've heard that I, all your life. Yeah. I saw this uh, in, a, in a magazine, and uh, this – and. So I'm going to get to a question to you, Dan. Uh, this this was a four-pound northern pike, and when the guy filleted it, 
He laid out the, the stuff that was in the northern pike's stomach. There was a, a baby duck, a crayfish, a mout, mouse or small rat, and a garter snake. Here's, let's show that to you. All these things were in this four-pound pike's stomach. Holy cow. Mm. And so my question to you, Dan, is that have you ever found anything weird in a fish's stomach? Oh, boy, that's a good, that's a good story. I got, I got a lot of them. Um, a fellow caught a, a fish off of uh, Oconomowoc Lake, and he brought it in, and it was all, it was about a 40-incher. It was all bloated up and everything. And what, a musky? Or? Yeah, musky. Okay. And um, it had a mud hen in it. Oh yeah, a and whole still, a big one? A whole yeah. the whole duck. It must have been, you know, just ate it like within the day. Yeah. And it still hit a lure, you know. Well your your husky musky had a had a, 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 a twenty some inch smallie in its belly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That that big musky yeah. I got years had a ago. Twenty inch smallie. Had a really yeah, yeah had a giant smallie yeah. in its belly. partially digested. I've seen frogs and bluegills and bass and the musky hunters, you know, oh, they're all eating all the walleyes. I've never seen a walleye. Never really? seen a walleye. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Bluegills, carp. Never suckers. seen a walleye. I've never seen a walleye. In a well, musky. you know, you know, big fish are going to have small fish in their stomach, but it's weird when you find like birds or ducks or yeah, uh, you know, some other garter, animal. Garter snake. Yeah, yeah, a snake. Odd one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just weird when you some of those pop up. You know, well. This one ta- when I had my store, this one taxidermist I knew, he uh, found I I think it was he said it was a bass that had a blackbird in its stomach. Hmm. So you know, but I anyway. So I'm going to throw this out to the audience: Have you ever cleaned fish and found something weird in their stomach, or like maybe you found another lure, or you found hooks, or you found a, somebody's uh, wedding ring, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something? You know, you never. I think a- I, I think I heard a story about that one time down on. Uh, off of California, somebody found a ring in some fish's stomach. Oh, it was uh, re- just recently. It was somebody zip tied there. It was in Michigan. He zip tied his engagement ring to his bride from his bride to his, the tail of a salmon and threw it back in the water. And somebody <laughs> caught it. It was. It was on. You can check. Are it. you? I know that one. I didn't hear. It, but it really, just like a month ago. Why would he do that? Because it didn't work out. Oh, <laughs> so, I get it. And okay. then somebody, somebody caught. Somebody caught it. So it made the news. You know, hey, they caught this, this oh. fish with a zip tied wedding ring around its tail. Oh, that's and, funny. And then it finally came true. And the and the guy that did it said. Uh, this is what happened. Uh, yeah. Didn't work out with didn't the wife. Out. So, so bon voyage, swim yeah. forever. <laughs> but you know, but you know, if that Scales, was scales and winning rings, if that so. was like a gold band or a platinum band, yeah. he was throwing away a few bucks there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, well, maybe, it it. maybe. Maybe it was worth it. Maybe maybe it was worth it. Maybe it was. I think it'd be. Why didn't he just reload it into a shotgun shell and yeah. blast it at a, yeah. you know, blast at it into? Her. <laughs> no, 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 no violence here, no, no, but blast no. it into the, I don't know, into a tree. Into the sky, yeah. yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take an early first break, and then when we come back, um, there was better some... than my job. We get the break right away. Yeah, 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 yeah you get a break. We got a union. There's a union job, you know. Can't yeah. wait to see we'll, the page. We'll have you fill out the page. Yeah. It's me and Bushy right now in the union. <laughs> that's you know, that's what I always tell uh at the at the shop that I work at. Uh you know, when I want to go out and have a smoke break, I always say, Ah, it's time for my union authorized smoke break. <laughs> and they all look at me like, What are you talking about? You know, yeah, right. 
Union. Hey, listen, folks, we'll be right back. Stay tuned for more. Dan Johnson, Taxidermy, is in the studio today with us live. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. And Dan Plucker is learning the boards today from Mr. Nick Bodie. Does anybody call you Bodie instead of Bodie? Quit Not be, twice. Quit, oh, I better stop now. Quit being weird, Tom. Yeah, okay, I'll be stop being weird. Here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tom the True Neubauer. We've got Dan Johnson, taxidermist, in the studio. So if you got a question about, well, how do I care for my trophy fish before I get it uh, done? Or if you're going to get a replica, what kind of pictures should I get? What kind of measurements? Or what should I do with that big black bear once I shoot it? Give a call, 799-1250, and we'll get an answer for you. Now, so, Mr. Dan Johnson, you were up walleye fishing with our friend Mike Pivich. Yeah, on the Bay of Green Bay. Yeah, and uh, you were walleye fishing, I hear? Yeah, we were trolling, yeah. Okay, so tell us what happened. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was last week, right? Yeah, yeah. last Friday and Saturday. It was uh, like 100 and some degrees with the heat index up there. Oh, wow. Right? But thank God he had a canopy on that boat, or we would have been fried. Really? Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, just amazing fishery. You know, that was my first time really walleye fishing up there. You know, veteran of Lake Erie for 15 years, and and I think we had any walleyes like that around. But, yeah, it was, Lake Michigan is really neat. It's amazing, but there's a lot of people up there. I now, mean, a lot. Now, I was talking with Dan earlier, and, and he said he, they started out by Green Bay down by the crowds, by Gainos, yeah, basically. yeah. And you got everybody s- kind of does the same thing. They go shallow and they troll and then they move out to the mud flats in the middle. And I, I mean, on a Friday, I mean, a hundred and some boats. And did they uh, all kind of like go to the same areas? Yeah, like everybody the, the fishes good areas? The, same, yeah. the same areas, you know, the University Bay, the shark fin, they call it or something like that. And yeah. the, the mud flats. And there's no rhyme or reason to their troll and they're all going and you know, different directions. <laughs> you so, so you got to watch <laughs> oh, all the time. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. What a circus. Wow. Yeah. And you guys were trolling cranks or crawlers? Yeah, we, we pulled crawlers for a little while, and then I got a report from, we had like five different guys, groups of guys up there. So everybody was kind of sharing some information. And we switched over to, to crawler harnesses and didn't do so good. And my buddy called and said, hey, I got this uh, flicker shad number nine that's working really good. And we... He sent me a picture of it. We put that on, and boom, we got two walleyes. Huh. You know, they were uh, twenty up to 26 inches. They were nice, thick fish, just beautiful fish. Mm. But uh, one of the other boats was catching some 29s and 28s, and they were letting them go. Um, a lot of eater fish, you know, 19s, 16s, 20s. That is amazing you know, because is. when you think about the traditionally 10, 20 years ago, Bay of Green Bay walleye fishing, you mostly thought about catching those 28, 29 inches in the spring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Spring, yeah, in the spring. Yeah. But you can go out there in yeah. the middle of summer. All the time. In the bay yeah. and troll them, and you can go out and catch a 28, 29 inch. Yeah, I just, uh, last, uh, what was it, Monday? This Monday, I had a guy brought in a 30 inch or his kid caught, and he was north of Sturgeon Bay. 
Okay. And uh, he said there was a lot, lot less people up there. You know, got away from the crowds, but his ten-year-old kid caught it. You know what? What a well, great fish for that a ten-year-old. You know. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Uh, who do you got there? We got Rich in Milwaukee. Okay. Put him on. Yeah. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, gentlemen. I've got a question for Dan the taxidermist. Okay. Shoot. When you shoot a when you shoot an uh, an antlered animal uh, like a caribou or a, or a white-tailed deer that still has its velvet stage, my understanding is you inject the antlers with a formaldehyde. No, you don't want to mess with formaldehyde. Uh, formaldehyde is kind of a dangerous chemical to be playing around with. Um, you want to get it frozen if you can. There are different preservatives that are out there. I don't know if you're, you know, going to into Canada and and shoot a, a caribou up there, but there's some other stuff that's made just for velvet animals. But a lot of times that can be freeze dried, and then the, the different preservatives that we can spray on it. Um, if you do shoot a velvet deer in Wisconsin. A lot of people don't know this, but you're required to get a tag from the DNR also to possess a velveted rack. Huh. So never knew that. But uh, no, if you're in need of something, uh, you're you know feel free to give us a call. Um, look us up on the website. You can grab our number off there. But uh, oh, that, there's is that injecting from LA. Is that old school? There? Yeah, that that's pretty much old school. A lot of it's done freeze drying today, and uh, and then like I said, there's some new uh, chemicals that they actually can brush on the velvet. And it'll preserve it. Wonderful. So, yeah, I've so, got one more comment for all of you. Uh, you, you Tom, you mentioned that uh, you saw that article about that uh, northern musk yeah. that, that had all that duck and everything in it. Yeah, it's it's really a really a great opportunity if, if someone harvests a fish or, a, or an animal of any kind to look at to actually see what the animals are eating. Well, yeah, my uh, I I used to do that a lot, but I don't do it anymore. But my oldest son, he does that all the time. Every mm-hmm. whatever fish we catch, he he's he wants to check what's in their stomach. He's little, always doing little it. Fish CSI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is interesting yeah. though. Yeah, it is. I shot a I shot a fall turkey a few years ago, and I looked at its crop. I had it had forty three grasshoppers in it. Oh, really? Well, yeah, they have uh, they eat snakes. They eat, you know small mm. snakes. They eat a lot of stuff. But that was very I was very impressed with. 43. And I didn't count one twice. I had them all laid up next to me. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a learning experience. You were very, very diligent in your counting there. Uh, I had a, yeah, a yeah, wood duck. I had to do it, but it, yeah. uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's an excellent opportunity to see what these animals out there eat. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Well, thanks, Rich. Think Appreciate thanks. the call. Okay. Great show. Bye now. Thanks. I was saying I had a wood duck had seven acorns in it, and they, they were all in his throat and, yeah. and down into his cry area, yeah. you know? And I was like, how is he, how is this is he part functioning squirrel? with all these acorns? acorns. <laughs> well, they must be able to just digest them because they're not chewing them. They're not chewing they them, They just yeah. swallow them whole. But there were seven, and, I'm, and I'm, just, I'm like, what are all these things in here? And they're acorns, and I wow. had them all laid out, and there were seven of them. I'm like, he, it he must have been a hungry duck. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. That's interesting. You know, I never, I never, I mean, that, that was a very interesting call and answer uh, because I, I didn't know that. With a velvet rack that some people like, they think that's cool, the velvet mm-hmm. rack and all that. Okay. But using formaldehyde? Yeah. <laughs> you know that? Isn't that yeah. poisonous? It, it is very well, poisonous. Is, isn't yeah. that what they put in dead bodies? Embalming, yes. Embalming yeah. liquid is formaldehyde? Yeah. Ooh, that's kind of weird. So but they, it is kind of dangerous to mess with, so. Yeah. I don't tell people to use it. I don't. No. I don't even have it. No. Oh, that's... Not- that's weird. I, the other thing I didn't realize, though, is like early season bow. 
like that first week, I'm guessing, is probably the time if you're going to get one in velvet, you better get one mm-hmm. real early. And my buddy Scott has always wanted to get one in velvet. Myself, I I don't want to shoot one in velvet. I like a regular yeah, rack. right. But I never realized that you have to get a special tag. I would have just got yeah. the deer and not even worried about it. No, you got to call the, it's It's in the regs. And I never realized it, too, until I, I did the, uh, it was the biggest whitetail harvested by, uh, what's that, Washington County? Yeah. By a gentleman up there, uh, bow season. And this thing was just huge. It had all these different points coming off of it and everything. And uh, he brought it over, and he says, hey, I got to get a, I got to get a tag for it. I've been informed. I'm like, huh? And he said, yeah. So Robert Lee was the uh, warden for Washington County called me and we talked about it and stuff. And he wow. said, yeah, we got to get tag for it. It's in the regs. And I went and looked it up and I said, sure enough, it's in there. I'm guessing that wow. that's to avoid people poaching them early right, just, just to, to get, get one. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Wow. That's interesting. Anyway, 799-1250, folks, is the phone number. You got any questions for the taxidermist, Dan Johnson, um, or found anything weird in the fish's stomach? Now, I have found hooks in years past. I found some hooks, that, and sometimes they're in that track that's going out to be excavated, or right. is that the right word, whatever, or evacuated out. Uh, they're in that track to be going out, which is really kind of weird how fish can get rid of hooks out that way, you know, and it's. Very strange, but mm-hmm. hey, it does happen, right? Yeah. Have you uh, you ever get people wanting? I, I bet you. No, I know that. I know you have people who want like the lures in yeah. the fish's mouth and that. A, a few, not or not chasing that often. it. Do you right. do? Do you do the artiste work? The, yeah. You know where you can have different kind of foliage or yeah, logs do that. or Rocks. other little fish that it's chasing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chase, oh wow! Chase perch, bluegills, you know, crayfish. So you got to mount those too, then, right? I mean, taxidermy those. Yeah, well, usually we do reproductions for those. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. All right. You Make get little look. shiners, and yeah. we have molds for little minnows and stuff. Yeah. The little and school you, minnows. And you also them. do the reproductions, right? Yeah, we do a lot of reproductions. Yeah. Probably eighty percent of the fish that I do are reproductions. Really? Yeah. What do you use for that? Uh, fiberglass. Fiberglass. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We mold a lot of the fish in house. So if it's a fish that we don't have a mold for, then I have to go look for it. But I have to find people that mold fish the same way, you know, taking real fish and molding a fresh fish, not a fish that's been mounted. Right. Because it's not anatomically correct at that point. Yeah. You know, I've always been told, and I believe this, that a taxidermist has to be somewhat of an artist when it comes to painting the fish, the coloring. Absolutely. Because... That that's the hardest job I think because I've seen where the mounts were really nice, but the coloring just sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so you really gotta, you know, know your colors, yeah. know what the fish looks like, and that's why I guess and they it's, vary. You yeah, know, they do. Fish, well, like you take a smallmouth, it can have stripes, it can be clear, right? You know, it can have partial stripes. I mean, it, it, yeah. those really vary a lot. And your bluegills, look at how many variations oh. you get. We talked, remember, Danny? Yeah. We talked about that. They're light, they're dark, they got stripes, some do, some don't, you know? I did uh, three crappies for a guy just recently uh, in ice, like an ice fishing scene, and I started at 8.30 in the morning painting them, and I didn't get done until 3.30. Three crappies. Uh, three? 17 different colors painting one scale at a time. 
Man, it's very well, crappies. Tedious. They do have a lot of colors. Oh, especially, they, there is. You got to put yeah. them on in layers. Yeah, you know, the silvers there's a and lot the iridescents of, and yeah, the iridescent purples yeah. and blues. And there's a little pink in there, you know. Mm-hmm. And you did those one scale at a time. One scale at a time. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And then oh. I, and I did a salmon. You know, and the guy a, got the bill, and it was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, you know, like a salmon. It, you, you know, they, we used to paint differently with them, and now we're painting individual scales, silver. You know how that plays on your well, eyes and wow. stuff? Well, <laughs> I'm wearing glasses now, these cheaters. I, I guess, yeah. uh, well, you're getting old, too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I notice you're not moving so quick. Kind of like Tom I don't over have here. to. Yeah, I'm pretty soon <laughs> I have, I to have to drop you guys off yeah. at the front door. Um, taxidermists. <laughs> Put in that much time, and so you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, it costs this much. Oh, that's too much." Basically, I I, I think you're making less than the minimum fifteen dollar an hour wage well, they're all pushing. Yeah, but a lot of people complain about the price of things, and I, I'll tell you this: you know, over the years, you know, you want to get it all. You want to get as much work as you can, you know. But you know what? If you don't want to pay for the quality and stuff you're getting, and I tell people, you tell me something that you have in your house today that you've had for 30 years or 20 years. You, you don't know find many things. You don't even pay, uh, you pay $30,000 for a car. You don't have that car that long, but you know how much taxidermy I've had that I've repainted for somebody that they've had for 50 years. It was a grandfather's. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, think of that. This is art that lasts a lifetime and sometimes generations. Yeah. So think You're about right. it. You, you may pay a little bit now, but for the time it's going to last, it's going to outlast everything you got. Yeah, that's a good um, good way of putting it. Yeah, and I, I was going to say that uh, that's why it's so important for people to take good photographs mm-hmm. if they're going to have a reproduction so that you can get the coloring right. Yep. All right, folks, we're going to go to a break. Coming up next is the gut report. And you know what? For at least the next month, I'm focusing on fish recipes. I mean, let's face it. We're all catching a lot of fish, whether it be the big pond or on the inland lakes, I'm going to be focusing on fish recipes. Some of them you might have heard before, but that's okay because some of you have not heard them. So stay tuned for the gut report. And then after the 645 break, we will be playing the horn schwaggle. Oh, don't know what that is? Stay tuned. You'll find out. We'll be right back with more here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly! The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, this week's recipe involves salmon and mayonnaise. Now, when I told my one son about this, he said, Mayonnaise, that comes out of the fridge. You can't put that in the oven. You're going to get, like, poisoning or something. I said, no, no, it's it's okay. What you do is you take your uh, salmon fillets or uh, uh, rainbow trout from Lake Michigan, either one, and you take a cup of mayonnaise, a teaspoon or more of dill weed, and then a quarter teaspoon or more of garlic powder. Mix that together, put it over the salmon fillet, and then bake it at 350 degrees for about 35 minutes or until the mayonnaise is golden brown. I've had this, folks. It sounds weird, but it's really good. Trust me on this one. It's very, very good. It's called Sally's Salmon Dill Bake Recipe. Who's Sally? I have no freaking Anyway, the cut report was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price selection and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. 
Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I got a question for Dan. What? Oh, wrong not, Dan. Yeah, not, not Bushy just, Dan. I'll just shut up and listen over here. <laughs> Dan, when's your busiest time of the year for taxidermy? All year. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Fish in the summer, animals in yep. the fall and winter, and you're working on them all winter long. So all right, yeah. every every week. Every day. It's overwhelming. It is. Yeah. You have you have like you got system. a lot more gray hairs than you used to have. I know. You know. I dye it I now. I think that's you really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough overspray in black that I can dye it so brown. So. Uh, do you have like apprentices? I I've gone through quite a few of them. Yeah. Uh, the problem with with with, uh, with taxidermy, there's there's not there's not a lot of glory until you, until you can do like the finish work, the painting and the, the mounting right. and stuff, and you know. I used to try to show people how to do it all, and and they don't want to do the the basic stuff. You know, everybody wants to paint a car, but nobody wants to fix the dents and the rust. Okay. Okay. If you don't do the prep work right, the the whole job is going to turn out lousy. So uh-huh. they all want to mount a fish, but they don't want to scrape it and clean it, and you know, do all the do all the epoxy. dirty work. Yeah, the dirty work. So you know, you have to have a passion for art, and you got to want to do it, but you got to want to do it right. And you do it all right and be a good flesher and scraper and skinner and not put holes and stuff when you're skinning it. Yeah. You know, it's just hard to find people that want to do it. And, you know, frankly, you know, it takes a lot of time where you can and practice to get to a point where you can make a living in doing this job. Because you're not going to get the business if you're not good. Right. You know, it's like you got to have a passion for it. You do. You know, you know, got to have a passion. Six, seven days a week. The first bass I caught, the first six-pound bass I got, I wanted to have mounted. I was I was a young guy then, you know, and and I took it, went over to this guy's house, and this this guy worked at uh, uh, Bucyrus Erie where I worked at, and uh, so went over to his house and he was showing me all these mounts and oh they were awesome mounts, they were beautiful. I said yeah okay you can do my fish and and of course back then prices were a lot less, you know, but they're in line with the prices now, okay, because everything goes up, you know. Well, when I went to go pick up my fish, his wife was there. I rang the doorbell. She comes out, and I said, oh, I told her my name. I'm here to get my fish. She comes out with this thing that it looked like a, a six-pound f- pancake. Okay? It was flat. <laughs> you know, it was like about an inch and a half all the way across. And it was painted like army green with a black line down the middle. And it's like, I said, that's not my fish. <laughs> She says, "Yeah, you're this your name. This is your fish." I said, "No, that, I'm, that's not my fish. Didn't look anything like that, you know." Well, I got what I paid for. You know, we were getting a deal. He was working at the shop. You know, it was terrible. You still have that on the wall, Tom? Oh God, no! I got <laughs> I got rid of that thing long. Oh, I don't know. I I don't know what I ever did with it. Probably threw it in the garbage. I have no idea. It was terrible. But it would still be kind of cool. On the like you to know. show what's a good mount and then a bad mount. Yeah, put it in <laughs> you your put it in your garage, and that would be oh. an example of a bad mount. It was terrible. No, I don't. I don't think that fish is around. If it is, my son, one of my sons has it. I mean, I don't know why. 
maybe to take target pat practice with the 22, but I wouldn't be able. Oh, speaking of that, I got to tell you real quick. Uh, we went out by my buddy's uh, tree farm, okay, or last weekend. My son Nick had wanted to sight in his scope, I mean his uh, rifle and all that. Remember that? Right. Oh, his rifles. He's on with that. At about, I'd say that was about 30 yards away, we took a, can, a, a bottle of that Tannerite. Oh, yeah. That exploding stuff. And it was the small, it was the half pound jar, and we put it on top of this post at about 30 yards. And from a standing position, his, he hit that sucker, you know, so his, his gun is sighted in. He's got no problem hitting it. And he'd never seen a Tannerite blow up. He was amazing. You know, that's what the guy should have done with that <laughs> wedding awesome. ring, is put the wedding ring on a Tannerite and then just blasted <laughs> blast it, it in the middle of God yeah, knows right. where. Who do you got on the line there, Mr. Plucker? Let's go to Ken in West Bend. Ken, you're on the fan. Hey, Ken, good morning. How you doing? Hey, I, uh, Dan, you, you might want to educate some of the listeners. On I know who this is. Yes, you do. It's I'm Mr. Trying. Mike, Captain Mike Peevich. Oh. Nope. Nope, 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 no. No? Ken. He said nope, Ken. No, nope, no, nope. Oh, Ken. I'm sorry. Your voice is so familiar, Ken. <laughs> uh, anyways. I'm sorry. Properly seal dressing white-tailed deer. How many deer do you get in where the guys just, oh, God, I, I've watched people field dress deer that they want to have mounted, and they seem to want to cut. Uh, they're all Rambo, and they all have these incredible knives, so they want to cut all the ribs up all the way to the neck, and you got a complete mess. Instead of stopping at the brisket, I mean, it saves you a ton of time on sewing, I'm sure. But would you prefer that that they stop at the brisket? And also, would you prefer that they bring them into you uh, once they field dress them immediately, so you can cape it out yourself? Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't want to see that deer until it's caped out. I, I okay. don't have the facility to be a butcher shop and process, uh, uh, you know, get hair all over meat and everything. But the, you're, you're correct. You should never make any cuts in front of the front legs. Um, the only cut you should make, if, if you feel confident in it, is making and cutting up the back right, the, right up the center of the spine, right to the base of the, the skulls, so that when you turn that and skin that out, you can get all your neck meat. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've had guys come in with over a foot of neck meat because they, you know, they don't skin it out far enough, you know, and this yeah. thing weighs a ton. But, uh, yeah, as, as far as seeing different things like that, yeah, I've had a guy's cut way up the, the front of the, through the brisket, and, you know, we have to saw it, uh, sew it back up. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that it happens, but it's very few. It's very okay. few people that do that. And, and two more quick things. Uh, in terms of bad fish mounts, oh, my God, I caught a beautiful brown trout once, and I took it into a guy in central Wisconsin. I picked the thing up. It was brown. <laughs> it was a brown <laughs> trout, right? <laughs> and, and, and the guy actually put a couple of silver dots with some red outline around them, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> nice. And, and and I said, "This thing." I said, "Here, I actually have pictures of the fish I caught." This, I said, "This is what I was hoping to get." And, oh wow! Uh, for what for what he wanted to charge me, I said, "I'll tell you what, you keep it as a display," because it was the the. I thought a third grader got watercolors and started working on it. They probably would have done a yeah. better job. Well, you, and, and we'll, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, there, there's. It's amazing the type of work like you're, you're saying that trout. I mean, if you get a, an animal that you haven't done before, I remember the first time I ever did a zebra. I didn't know how to set a zebra. Eye. How often do you get to look into a zebra's eye? Go to the internet. You can pull up 2.4 million pictures of zebra eyes. Yep. You want? 
You know, there's plenty of reference pictures out there for fish and turkeys. I mean, I've seen some atrocious-looking turkeys. Oh. And it's amazing. It, it looked like they got beat with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like, how can you give somebody something like this? And, well, it's funny. You know, you should be getting better. I mean, I've been doing this for 33 years. And, yeah. you know, my, I've got stuff that, you know, I did in the past. I've thrown it away. It, it yeah. goes out. It doesn't belong in the showroom because it's not it's not accurate or not anatomically correct or painted right. right. It's got to go. But today there's no reason for that. I mean, there's plenty of references out there with the yeah. internet and everything. Well, Ken, thanks for the call. Hey, huh? one more, one oh, more yeah. quick thing. Go ahead. Um, in terms of you had a, uh, you were talking about a recipe where you use mayonnaise and so oh, yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, I seen that about 15, 16 years ago when we were up in uh, Sioux Lookout. We were up there fishing and the guide up there, he said, hey, keep all your white fish. Don't throw them back and bring them in and I'll show you how to properly make these. Okay. Well, he did something very similar to that. With the, he used Miracle Whip, but then he took pecans and he he crushed up about a half a cup of pecans into sure. a cup of mayo. Sure. And he sl- he slathered that over the uh, fillets and baked them just like that, and it was outstanding. Yeah, is I uh, believe how good it was. Yeah, a lot of people when you think of putting mayonnaise or Miracle Whip in the oven, they go, "What? You can't do that." But no, and and pecans in there. You know, people can adjust the recipe. They can put in different things that they want, but yeah. no, it is good, definitely, without a doubt. And and, and I, I promise this is the last thing. There's a guy up in uh, Saint Germain. He does. Uh, I believe he's in the Saint Germain area, and I purchased things from him before, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But he does fish replicas um, that are on wood. Have you ever seen? Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I, I did a segment on Outdoor Wisconsin a long time ago where a guy would do, he would take a board, a piece of wood, and he'd carve that baby mm-hmm. and then yep. paint it, and they were they were gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. I actually bought a pair of wild turkeys that he did uh, for my desk. They're small, obviously. They're real small ones. Uh, but really, really top quality work. Pricey, but I'm telling you, it's worth every penny. Beautiful work. Yeah. All right. Day, well, Ken, Take thank care, you man. for thank calling, you. Ken. Appreciate it. I swear to God, when he first started talking, he sounded he did, like Peevich. Like he sounded just like Peevich, yeah. and I thought maybe Peevich was fooling us. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and he would do that, too. Yeah, he would, yeah. <laughs> okay, folks, we got to go to a break. Coming up next is the Hornschwaggle. Now, this is uh, brought to you by Carl's Country Market, and Carl's is known for its award-winning sausages. Once you try their sausages, you don't, you're not going to want any other sausages. They're on Pilgrim and Silver Spring in Menominee Falls, and also by Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. You're going to get a if you win, you're going to get a ten dollar gift certificate to Carl's Country Market, and you're going to get your choice of a really nice prize package from Baitmate and Coleman. So Danny will tell you all about it. If you've never played before, he'll tell you about it when we come back. But if you want to be a contestant, have a chance at this. 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Play the Hornschwaggle now. Standing in the rain with his head hung low. Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold-out show. Welcome back. 
to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, loyal listeners, friends, and family, and some fo- folks we've never met. We want to. Pre- we appreciate the police officers out there. We appreciate the healthcare workers. We appreciate the people stocking the shelves. All the people out there working hard, keeping our country great. Listening to the show, we appreciate it. And uh, now we've got our Hornswoggle segment, and we've got uh, Tim on the line. So, Tim, how you doing? This morning. Doing good, doing good. So you know how the Hornswoggle works? Yeah, I know it works. Okay, it works. so here we go. The uh, Wisconsin record crappie weighed three pounds, four ounces, was caught in the Flambeau River by Mr. Freddie Krieger in 1963. That is, uh, that's true. Ah, that was a hornswoggle. That was a hornswoggle. Oh, Freddie Krieger was the guy in uh, one of those horror Friday movies. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Freddie, ah. Hey, now you got, got it. Me. Oh, come on now. You got, uh, you got the Freddie Krieger. Sorry, Tim. Like hey, you hornswoggle him. There you got to be on your toes, Tim. <laughs> so here we go. If, now the what next. What do you want for 630 in the morning? Come on, fellas. Okay, now, if you've been listening to the show, Tim. The I next, can barely stand on my damn two. Uh... Uh, well, you're like the two old guys next to me here. So hey. anyway, if you've been listening to the show, you'll get the next two. If not, you're okay. out of luck. Uh, wood ducks eat acorns. That's true. Okay. All right, that's one. Okay, that's good. So that's true. But what, but what, what, what we, don't, we don't want, that's true, Bill. That's false, Bill, like the old game show. It's either yeah. Hornswoggle or nor horn, horn, no, no Hornswoggle. Horns, no so, Hornswoggle. Okay, that's good. Okay, but, all right, um, using formaldehyde to preserve velvet deer is not a bad thought formaldehyde. Is not a good idea. Say that again. I you, had a bad thought about formaldehyde. Okay, well, it'll be putting it in all of us someday, I guess. Uh, using formaldehyde to preserve uh, velvet deer is not a good idea. That's that's hornswoggle. I mean, that's 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 true. I mean, so that's uh no hornswoggle. So no yeah, hornswoggle. Exactly. Okay. All you're right. right. So so you're gonna win, Tim. <laughs> but but listen, here. I don't know how I get confused so easily, but I I do. I don't know what it is. Well, I don't know. But here you can you can you know spend the next week practicing on the hornswoggle no hornswoggle thing, and next time you play, but you won. So that's All beside right, okay. the point. What would you like? Do you want the uh? The uh, what? Co- well, let's see. Repellent you with anything with the perch. Uh, you okay? That would be like panfish pan bait, mate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Panfish bait, mate. We'll get that. And then also, uh, what kind of insect repellent do you want to get? Oh, the, I want like the half. With about forty percent DEET in there. Yeah. Okay. I got that hundred at one time. And it didn't come off my skin for like two weeks. <laughs> no, you're right. I and actually, I actually <laughs> had it up deer uh, bear hunting years ago. And my glove that I was wearing stuck to the stock of my rifle. And then I had to pull my hand out of the glove and peel the glove off. And then I had handprint on my stock. So, yeah, oh, that wow. 100% eats hey, wicked, Tim. Is, is that you were using that and something could have slipped. Yeah. 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 If I know where he's oh, catching thinking, perch yeah. at. He wants the perch stuff. Yeah. 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 Where are the perch where... biting, Tim? <laughs> Uh, just I heard they were getting walleye size, and I don't know, man. I don't know. If fishermen are always telling lies or something, but they said, "Oh, we're getting 14-inch perch down by South here, North here." 
and in Kenosha area. Well, you tell them it's Hornswoggle. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tell, you tell them, yeah, that's what you got to no do. You say, don't Hornswoggle me. Yeah. You're not catching a 14-inch uh, perch bub. And you'll get. I'm thinking because that's just, I don't know, because that's not right. Yeah, so and Danny. Go, I'll get, you know, whatever. But yeah, anyways, and... thanks. Oh, you got my information. So yeah, we got her, Tim. It's on its way, buddy. Yeah, and Danny will send you that gift certificate to Carl's. Really Thank you. Okay, appreciate it, Ken. I know. Uh, where was Ken from again? Racine. Racine. Okay. So I got to keep my notes. Evidently, some guys in Racine say they're catching big perch off you know, the pier. No, they do catch big they fish do. on that Winter Harbor area and stuff, yeah. too. And then, uh, yeah. well, the Boyles, remember, they, they were catching some 15, 16 inches down there. Yeah, years I ago. guess it's, I don't know if they're still there at all. But I talked to a buddy of mine years ago who grew up in Kenosha, and he talked about going with his grandfather on the end of the pier years ago, and yeah. they'd catch tons of perch. Yeah, oh, we, we used to go out when I was younger, you know, even when I was, like, in my uh, 20s, you know, go out there and you'd catch a lot of perch. Now, everybody talks about the heyday of the perch down on the lakefront, and back then they called it the government pier, you know, mm -hmm. not the McKinley pier. And everybody thought, oh, they were huge. No, they were not huge. They were like your 8 to 10 inches, okay? They they were not like these 12, 14s or whatever. No, they were 8 to 10s, and you caught a lot of like 6s and 7s, you know, throw those back. But a lot of 8 to 10s. Not monsters, but decent filleters, you know, mm -hmm. decent fish. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of that when I hear people say, oh, yeah, they were huge back then. No, they weren't. <laughs> and I, if I remember correctly, I don't think there was a limit on them. When I was oh. when I was young, I don't think there was a limit. I don't think there was. I could be wrong. So, if anybody was fishing them, you know, fifty years ago, let us know. Anybody was, was alive fifty years yeah, ago and fishing did, did perch? You, did you get? Was there a limit on them? I don't think there was at one point. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, you know, I think the perch might be coming back, aren't they? A little no. bit. No, they're no, not. No, mm. not at all. No, the DNR is still trying to figure out a plan, you know, on what to do. And and it's just no, they're they're just not. So anyway, yeah. So we got the seven o'clock update coming up, and when we come back, I got a couple more questions for Dan Johnson, and some of them, uh, I I mean, it's it's stuff that taxidermists might get asked to do. All right, so I'm going to be asking you that one. Also, we come back. Uh, yeah. we've got Troy Woodrow. Our friend okay. Troy is out fishing somewhere on the ocean. He's going to call yeah. in with a report today. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Troy will be the first to tell you that he's not that much of an expert fisherman, but he sure tries a lot, and he fishes with a, a lot, lot of guides, so we'll get a call. <laughs> all right. Well, we got that and a lot more coming up, folks, and if you want to get in touch with us, all you got to do is call 414-799-1250 or email us live at at yahoo.com this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.